And uh, But the first week we said, the first part of our vision, it's in four parts, really easy. Basically, everything we do, we want to see people, we want to help people find God and follow Jesus. In other words, every, every church that, that uh, follows Jesus Christ and hears Jesus and hears his heart and the Holy Spirit should at the center of who they are, have the mission of, of, of reaching people for Jesus and loving Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, it's just healthy, and that's what we are, and that's what we want to do. We want to help people find God, follow Jesus. And the first week we spoke about, we want people to come into this place and genuinely to encounter God. So if you're new here today, if you've never, ever given your life to Jesus, a win for us, a win for us every Sunday is when somebody says yes to Jesus for the first time, or if somebody comes back to Jesus after being away from Jesus, that is a massive win for us because the first important thing is we want people to know God. We want people to encounter God. That's what we shared of on the first week. We want you to encounter God genuinely because God is real. And we want people to think and to know that God loves them and that, that uh, Jesus has made a way for them and wants them to come to know him and be, you know, just to receive his love. The second week we spoke about uh, the, uh, uh, once people f- uh, know God and encounter God, we want to help you as a church find freedom. Freedom from what? I'm not, I'm not bound to anything. I'm not in jail. But everybody, everybody has certain things in their life that, that, that kind of like, you know, sometimes you get extreme cases of people who are dicks, addicts, and, uh, you know, they... <laughs> that is... Mate, you laugh first. It's your mind, not mine. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Addicts. It's the way I speak, all right? <laughs> I didn't even mean that. All right, let's come. Bring two. it back, church. <laughs> Bring it back. People who have addictions and people who have severe things, you know, they need freedom. But do you know, people who even think they're doing really well will be bound to certain things and they won't even know it. Like some people are just have a, have a, 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 are tightly bound by, I don't know, money or wealth or wanting to live their own life or selfishness or pride, whatever it is. We just want everybody to find freedom in Jesus, to be free to worship Jesus, you know. And then after that, it's really important to us. I loved it, by the way. We had this... Uh, 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 we had this picture of what it looks like, and we had somebody on the stretcher here, and one person trying to lift the stretcher, and then we had everybody lifting it. Great. You see, you remember these things, don't you? That's why we do it, you see. Who remembers the stretcher? Yeah. And then after that, we want people to discover their purpose. I trust. And you know what? Actually, as a, as a team, we've been blown away at the response. Everybody's been filling in your little... Uh, uh, Quizzes, not a quiz. What is it? Gift analysis. Gift analysis, thank you. Who filled in a gift analysis this week? Excellent. If you haven't filled in your gift analysis, everyone's so honest, only like three or four hands. I've got it there. I intend to fill it in. (laughs) It's like homework, isn't it? But the thing is, what we want you to do, and today we're going to knock it out of the park, because we want you to discover your purpose. We believe God has got a purpose for everybody. Jesus has got a purpose for you, and a way that you can serve and fit in and plug in. Your life is not just about turning up to church on a Sunday. We believe God has got something for you of eternal value, and today we're going to knock it out of the park, because we're going to try and encourage you and stir you up to do something with those gifts, and stir you up to do something that will make a difference. Amen? Amen. Turn around to somebody and say, I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to make a difference. And with that bombshell, we're going to invite Aaron up now, who's going to share the next part. Thank you. Fantastic. Oh, bless you. Welcome to Riverside, by the way. Can't help but laughing. I'm sorry, Tim. <clears throat> I do apologize. I know you didn't mean that. It's just what it sounded like. 
isn't it? You know, if you shut your eyes, you can just imagine Way Winston leading church, can't you, isn't it? White church. <laughs> you know, so anyway, so Tim, you can build a church on just your voice alone, you know, which is fantastic. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 25. I want to kind of read a part of the Bible that helps you to make a difference. Um, because, and what I'm about to share, you might blow the way that you've always read this particular passage. So if you've been coming to church for a little while and you go, I know everything there is in the Bible, Aaron. You cannot teach me anything. I want to give you a tiny bit of information that's going to unlock this passage that you're just going to go, boom, I never saw it that way. You know, So Matthew 25 is what I want to do. But I, I first want to, in order to make a difference, God, Jesus came to this earth and from heaven... And he, he said this phrase, do not lay up store upon earth, you know, but store up your treasures in heaven. He said, because the things that we do on this earth, don't bother about practical things. It's the spiritual investment that you make in your life that's going to reap the biggest rewards. And, and so one of the things Jesus said is, I don't want you to bother about it. I want you to think about heavenly things. You know, and if you invest in heaven, there's going to be a massive reward. If you just focus on the physical aspect of your life, it will rot. It will decay. You know, you know, it just won't happen, but I want you to think heavenly. So to start... I want to get you into Jesus' level of thinking, of thinking about the heaven. And he tells these stories. He tells lots of stories, by the way. Uh, and, and from the stories, we learn from them. Matthew 25 is full of stories. So let's read uh, the parable of the three servants, or you may know it as the parable of the talents. So the kingdom of heaven, heaven can be illustrated by this story of a man who went on a long trip. He called together his servants And he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last. He divided it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money, and he earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground, hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip, called them in to give an account of how they'd used his money. The servant to whom he had trusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well, well done. My good and faithful servant, you've been faithful in handling this small amount and so I will now give you more responsibilities. Let us celebrate together. The servant who received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you've given me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. And the master said, Well, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. You were harvesting crops that you didn't plant and gathering crops that you didn't cultivate. I was afraid that I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look. Here is your money back. The master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew that I harvested crops that I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't accrue, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have got some interest in it. Then he said, Take the money from this servant, give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. From those who do nothing, even with the little that they have, will be taken away. Now they throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You can just hold that for a moment if you can. 
So if you want to read just the context of Matthew 25, um, in it, there's three passages. It's all about readiness. You know, Jesus is going to come again, and it, there is a test. There, there is a time of testing for us as the followers of Jesus Christ, and these stories are all about asking the question, are you ready? We've got the unfaithful servant. We've got the inactivity of the bridesmaids, which happened just before this passage. And then we've got the, the passivity of, of this last tenant of three guys who were given responsibility. And, and, you know, God is the master in this story and we are the servants. And he asks the questions, what are you doing with what I've given into your life? It's all about readiness. It's all about the question, are you living up to your potential? Are you using what God has given into you? You know, because God has deposited something of significance in your life. And the reason is because I want to talk about the talent. Now, your, your version might say the bag of silver, and I do understand the thing. But the actual word, but I go back to the original, is talent. You know, and I want to basically describe what a talent is because we have in our imagination that a talent is a coin. And so I gave one coin, I gave five coin, two coins, I gave five coins, you know, and that's how we imagine it. And we imagine almost this is like a pound coin that we pop in the coin. And actually, some of us have a stingy view of God that he's just given me this. Some of, I've heard some preach that we only have got one talent. It's absolute rubbish, that preach. If you've ever heard you've been given one talent, it's a rubbish preach. All right? I don't want to rubbish the guy who said it, but their understanding of it, because I want to tell you how much a talent is actually work. And there's, there's, there's three theories. Is. Talent basically was a big lump of precious metal. In fact, it was so big, it's obvious they estimate 33 kilograms. Right? If you go to the gym, you know, you will understand how heavy 33 kilograms. It's certainly not a pound coin that you can pop in your pocket. If you put 33 grams on your trousers, it would pull your trousers down. <laughs> All right? So you can't carry it around in pocket. In fact, what they did, they used to actually mold a piece of metal onto the top of it so you could carry this big chunk. They didn't have little individual coins. They did, actually, um, but not in the same way. But when you go, they would chip off a bit of that metal. They would weigh it, and that would be the currency. That's how it's here. They had a big lump of precious metal. Now, if it it was gold, okay, so there is one theory that it was gold, let me tell you the measurements of this, I put a little chart on there, so one talent, one talent of gold in modern day equivalent is 1.4 million dollars, alright, if, if it was gold, okay, so two talents, uh, you worked that out, 2.8 million dollars, or if you had five talents, you're walking around with seven million dollars in your pocket if it was gold, if it was silver by the way, so some one theory scholars, they look at silver, right, even one talent, it's 16 and a half thousand dollars if it's silver uh, and two talents it's thirty three thousand dollars in your pocket or if you've got five talents you're walking around with eight to two thousand dollars right okay I'm going to say both of those I understand what they're going but I think that's a little bit of a distraction because what I know a talent was a talent what the talent was six thousand denarii now denarii in biblical terms was a day's wage if you were a day wager, one denarii paid you for a day's salary. So whatever you're on right now, if you've worked out your daily wage, just clock that in your mind because this is going to be different for each one of us. All right. So a day wage, 6,000 day wage is 16 and a half years salary. So one talent is not one pound coin in your pocket. What the master says is, I am going to pay your wages for 16 and a half years. Two talents, I'm going to pay your wages for 33 years. If you had the five talent, there was wages of 82. I got me thinking, really, because I love numbers, I love creating around numbers. You know, there's people in this church who've known Jesus for nearly 80 years. Have you ever worked out what if the talent meant a year? 
What is about your length of service to Christ in that? You know, and actually God says, I'm going to invest in you a year, a lifetime of investment. Some of us are starting our journey of faith, maybe with one talent. Not because it's small, because we're just building up and our crew in our final. I've actually 16 years, I've, I've followed Jesus and he's deposited this in with me. Some of you might have the 33 years summer heading for 82 and God bless you. But I, I kind of worked it out on the average salary, which according to the UK is 27000 a year per annum. That's the average salary that we're all on. If you put us all into one group, that's what we all take home. Some of you are laughing going, yeah, right, Aaron. You haven't seen my pay packet. But, you know, so, so one talent, the master gave 445000 If you're a one talent person, you're sitting there with half a million pounds in your pocket. If you're a two talent, 891000 If you're a five talent, 2.24 million. Suddenly change. Do you think that blows that, that, this story apart? Because whatever you value, you use, I, I want to say God has deposited something of value in your life. And I want you to understand this. God invests into his people. God has made a significant investment into you. You are valuable to God. The skill sets that you have, the experiences you have, your character, your caliber. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you are small, you are tiny, that you are invaluable, that you cannot do anything. Because God says, I am going to invest significantly into your life. Who believes that's God? Because the moment you get this revelation of God, suddenly things start to change in your perception of what it's like. He gives it to every single person. There is no one here in this room who God has not deposited into their life. And Jesus in this passage says, I want you to understand what I've given into your life so that you might live your life for purpose and make a difference. Don't be the one who didn't understand the value. God gives everything he needs. God expects his people to invest the investment. He didn't give you all this skill and talent just to look good. It wasn't about looking good for himself. He didn't say, I'm just going to make you rich and I'm just going to deposit. I want you. What I'm going to put in you, I want you to put in others. And this is the incredible thing. Do you know, even my words right now, what God has put in me in praying and prepping and studying, he has given me this ability to what I say right now that will go into you that's going to reap a hundredfold. God can grow in us something incredible. It's about sharing the talent. You know, if you take your talent and what you've got and start to serve others, you watch what will happen. The Bible talks about kingdom as yeast. You You put a tiny bit of yeast in this loaf of bread and boom, you get the bread. If you don't, you just got a tortilla. I like tortillas, but I prefer bread. Isn't it? They look different, isn't it? You know? Oh, I love a flat tortilla. No, I want a big, nice, fresh loaf of bread. It's got kingdom, isn't it? Mustard seed, boom, big tree. It's got growth in that. That's what God says. And so I'm going to invest into you, and I want you to take that investment, and I want you to invest into others. And it expands. That's how the church grows. And here's the thing. God judges those who devalue his deposit. I really wanted to pause here because I just wanted to kind of, who has devalued you? Because God certainly didn't. You want to know how much you're worth? He sent his only son to die for you. He gave up the life of his son so that you might live. He sits there and goes, you're one of my servants. And whether it is 16-year salary or 33-year salary or 82-year salary, I'm going to pay that. What, what would you do if you, it was monetary value of skill set? 
I want you to be free to serve me. Everyone had the same opportunity with a, a, a specific time. So I'm going to work for God. But one of them devalued that investment. It's the devil who goes around this church who tells you to devalue what God has put in your life. Don't do anything with it. God's a stingy God. He's only going to ask you it back, isn't it? Do you know what happened with that talent, that skill set that God had put within that person? He buried it. He hid it. This church is not about hiding your talent. It's about taking it and serving and sharing and giving and living. I tell you why, because when you do this, you are alive inside. When you suddenly take your eyes off your own situation and start to look at the eyes of others, something happens in you and it's like, what? You stop and have a conversation and put into others. You are living the kingdom out. This is real. This is vibrant. Be the yeast in society that God has asked you to do. I'm going to take a pause, but I want to leave here before I pause. Different responsibilities that we were given. One, two, five. And this is the great thing. Same reward. You notice the reward, the same statement for the two and the five. Different for the one because he didn't use it the way it was expected. So if we take a point, what has God deposited in your life? And how are you going to use that deposit to bring an incredible investment in the context of eternity? Tim. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Excellent, excellent. So God has given us a talent and God has given us investment. And, uh, you know, we as a church believe if we're followers of Jesus, we want to use that investment. So we're just going to illustrate this now. We're going to do a little game. Who loves, uh, who's seen the film Robin Hood? You've all seen Robin Hood. Who wants to be a master archer this morning? Because I've got an archery set. I need, I'm going to say, how many volunteers? I'm just going to make this up right now. I've got five arrows, five volunteers. Who, if you want to shoot an arrow, I've got a genuine bow and arrow, a real one, so it's dangerous. If you want to shoot a bow and arrow, just put your hand up and I'm going to choose you. Yeah, go on, mate. You've got your hand up. Get out here, son. Come on. Anyone else? Come on then, Paulie. Nice one. Come on then. Two more people to shoot ours. Yeah, you at the back, Rob. And you here as well in the red T-shirt. Did I see you put your hand up? Did you put your hand up? No. She was stretching. Leave me alone, not me. Come on then. Yes, you at the back. We've got five people. Now, on this board, you can see a target I have drawn. And... Uh, it's not perfect, but it's, it's a target nonetheless. And uh, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, because that's too easy, that's too close, isn't it? I'm going to put it across and make it a little bit more difficult, people. So I'm going to put your target over here. Uh, uh, Gareth has got the genuine bow and arrow with the sharp points. And uh, yeah, of course we're not going to use that. That would be dangerous. And uh, I'm going to move the target over here. And we're going to see who is the master archer this morning out of them five. You all get one arrow. There's one shot in life, you know. You <laughs> one chance to prove yourself. And uh, I'm going to put a line. I'm just going to test to see how far this thing goes because I just want to make sure that it's all working. Spickety span. And then because there's nothing more awkward than the arrow's not sticking and everyone looking like mugs. Hang on, somebody hold this for me. Did you lick that one? No, I didn't, I didn't lick it, honestly. None of them have been licked yet. <laughs> so I'm going to set a line. Your line, yeah, is probably 
Right, so we're going we're gonna to see first. Have you licked the ends? <laughs> right, let's get everybody on the same place. I need something to draw a line with here. Give me something. This tithes and offerings form. <laughs> we shall reuse it, don't worry. Right, so that is your spot. Right, first of all, let's give some encouragement. Come on then, you're going to shoot that arrow. Way off the mark. Do you know what? I'm going to give you one point for actually volunteering. One point. Thank you. Next, mate. Are you ready? Please, somebody, will you hit the target? Because this will be a really awkward illustration if everybody misses. Come on. Oh, are we serious? Oh, look at that. Oh! Five points for my mate there. Five points for Giza. I don't know your name yet. I'm going to call you Giza. Pauline. Five points, mate. That was excellent. It was the way he aimed. Pauline, I've got faith in you. If you lick the end, it's still five points. Don't worry, son. Have you licked the end? Come on, Pauline. Five to beat. Five to beat. Oh. The anticipation is killing us all. Do you want me to give you a little lesson? You just kind of like hold it, then let go. That's it. Whoa, look at that. I love that technique. Do you know what? I'm going to give you two points. Just because I like you. I like you as well, so you got two points. I like everybody. Everybody gets liked today. Rob, lick the end, mate. Give it a go. Give it a good old bit of... Yeah, so stick it through this hole here, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, like, give it some of that pullback. Come on, Rob. We need five to beat, mate. Let's have a bullseye. Come on. Oh! One point, mate. One <laughs> you, can have, you can have two and a half because you got it on the board. Right, I'm believing this for a big finish. Who's believing for a big finish? Let's encourage. Come on. We want a bullseye today. We want a bullseye. Did you lick the end? <laughs> no, no, you don't have to lick the end because I'll use that one. Oh! I'm going to give three points for you, second place. So our winner this morning is Giza with five points. Well done, mate. And I'm just going to... Do you know what? I'm going to show you now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a go now because I am a master archer. And I'm just going to walk over here and uh, I'm going to wipe this target out. And then, um, mate, can you lick the end? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like propagate your mouth on it. And... <laughs> right. Who wants to see me get a bullseye? Yeah, mate. Can I have some encouragement, please, team? Come on. I don't even need to go where the line is. I need to spot there. Oh. Oh. Oh, look at this. 
Do you know what's genuinely sad? I think if I didn't rub it out, it might have been really close anyway. <laughs> but this is a story. I haven't told me a story in a week, and it was kind of like illustrating what I wanted to show. And uh, but, Oh, you can have a go after, you know. I'll leave it here. It's safe, so, you know, feel free. But this is a story. There was a, geez, there was a fellow who was a, a general in an army, and he had some mad skills, you know. He was a good swordsman, and he was a really, really, um, uh, really well-known, famous general. And at the end of his life, he wanted to master something, and so he decided he wanted to master archery. So he spent 10 years in archery school, and uh, just the, after his retirement, so he invested 10 years trying to be the best at archery, trying to be the best. And then the, the people that taught him, they said, listen, you've got some good skills now of your archery. You're hitting the bullseye 70% of the time. Now I want you to do is to go and teach other people to do this, because we want lots of people with mad archery skills in our kingdom so that we will all be, you know, super strong. So he went and uh, he came to a village and as he was coming, walking, approaching the village, he was in a, in a forest and he noticed in the forest there was a tree and there was a bullseye target and there was an arrow dead in the center of the bullseye. He walked a bit further and he saw another tree and there was an arrow dead in the center of the bullseye. And he came to the village and there was a barn, there was another target, an arrow dead in the center. And uh, he was walking along and everywhere he was walking, he saw these targets with the arrow dead in the bullseye. Now he was indignant. I've spent 10 years of my life with the best people. I've invested all of this money and all of this training. He says, I can't believe there's somebody here that's just so amazing at archery. They've probably not even like invested half as much as I have. So he went down to the woods one day because he wanted to find this master archer. And there was a little girl there, a 10-year-old girl. And he goes, and she's trying to talk to him. And she said, are you all right, sir? Can I help you, sir? He says, I don't want to talk to you. I'm waiting to see the master archer. And she goes, oh, oh, that's me. And uh, he, go, he was mad. 10-year-old girl. He spent 10 years trying to master this, spent so much money. He said, how on earth do you get the arrow dead in the center of the target every single time she goes, it's easy. I'll just shoot the arrow, and then I'll draw the target around the arrow. You know, and so we want to be intentional church. I'm going to bring this back somehow to our illustration in that we don't want you just to sit and be a church uh, attender, a pew warmer, just to do, just to aim, fire aimlessly with your life and with the gifts and talents God's given you. We want you to fire straight where Jesus has sent you. That's why as a church, we're passionate to see you make a difference. Is that okay? Thank you, everybody who volunteered. So here's the truth in life. If you don't aim for something, you will hit nothing. Jesus, when he came to the end of his ministry on earth, he did a very significant thing. He called his disciples around him, his followers, those who had lived for him for three years. You know, he died and he'd come back from the grave. And, and can you imagine if you were following a leader who died and was alive again? Just imagine, you're thinking you're invincible at this point. This guy can beat death. And you know, he does the one thing, you, you, the least thing that you expect of him. He says, right, I'm going to go to heaven. And I'm leaving you guys in charge. And, and it goes back to the devalue thing. I think you look at yourself and go, pants. I was expecting something else. You know, James and John are going, Jesus, can we sit beside you in heaven? You know, when we ask that question, things like that. And Jesus says, actually, this is what I want you to do. I want you to live for me. And what Jesus did, he took a bow. And he took his followers as an arrow. And he said, you know what? All I've along, I've came for you. I've came for you to understand your destiny. He says, and let me hold you. And let me pull back the tension in your life. Have you ever noticed that when you've gone through tough times, you come out stronger? You know what the, the, the bow is about? It's all about resilience. 
it pulls us. You know, have, have you ever experienced a pullback in your life? I have. I feel stronger now than I did last year. Pullback. Who can do that? God. Why does he want to do that? Because he wants to fire us into the future. And Jesus said, right, in John, and we, all talk, we know the Great Commission, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, make followers. And we're like, yeah, we love Matthew's commission. And Mark's is similar. We, we've struggled to find John, but it's there. He pulls them in, he breathes on his Holy Spirit, and he sends them on. He breathes himself into them, and he sends the disciples on their mission. We are, as a church, we genuinely believe in this scripture. We send people into the mission field. To be an apostle means to be sent by Christ. I, I, I don't carry or hold a collar. I have got one, if you want me to look holy. Because you know the truth is, as a church, is we believe in what's called the priesthood of all believers. The moment you follow Christ, you take the understanding that God has called you as he's called me. There is no separation between me and you. We are together following the call of Christ. I do have a role to speak to you to pull out that call, though. That's what I want to do right now. Tim, come and stand with me, if that's all right. Leah, come and stand with me. I want to just demonstrate something really simply. Stand up. Leah, come and stand. You know Leah, yes? You know, Leah's from India, from Bangalore. Just finished studying for a master's at the University of Exeter. She graduates in December, just waiting for the final result to come through. And uh, she goes back home. So her dad's a pastor of a church, you know, but God has sent her here for a specific reason, and she's loved being part of his journey. You know, in the same time frame, Tim arrived. You know they came to the church at the same time? Tim comes, he introduced the job as assistant pastor, and he said, but you need to understand, Aaron, there is a call in my life to plant churches in Israel. That call is still yet unfulfilled, and we still pray. But I want you to understand the heart of this environment we're all about what is God got in store for you. Because you might just be coming here for a time and a season for God to get you ready to shoot you out into that place. That may be extra. It might be a village just outside extra. It might be a town. It might be a, a political sphere. It might be a, a vocation. It might be something. And there is something in this heart. Say, so all I am interested in right now is getting you to understand what God has asked you to do. And then to be the person behind you is going to pull that string back and shoot into the future. We're going to do that right now. We're going to pray for Tim and we're going to pray for Leah. So this is how we do it in Riverside. If you, you, we're used to things that are. I want everyone to stand first of all. And we kind of call this a prayer scrum. If you just kind of think, oh, I want to pray for those guys because wherever they go into the future, then all I'm going to do is just very quickly come and just stand around them. All right, you'll see how it works just quite naturally. Slightly chaotic. I'm all right with the chaos. Just, you'll get just a feel. This hasn't been set up, by the way. It's not a rehearsed thing. It's just a very natural thing that happens within our church. They're loved. Keep going. Just gather around and start to pray, guys. Come on, that's just spontaneous. And all I want you to do, guys, just while they're praying, is just close your eyes and put your hand towards them because you're, you're, I don't know them. That doesn't matter. God does. And you're praying God's plans and purposes. Just close your eyes. Just say, God, I want the best for them. I want your protection for them in that new country, in that new area, in that new season. I want you to fill them right now with life. I want you to fill them with spirit. I want you to fill them with hope. As a church, by the way, we're doing this together. We're sending them out. Jesus, Jesus, God. 
Jesus God, we pray right now. This is Ascending Church. We impart into both Tim and to Leah. We thank you for that they have placed themselves here. They have served here. They have given here. They have celebrated there. We've had meals together. We've laughed together. We've cried together. We've joined together, Lord God. And they've been part of our family of which we are honored to have them. And God, we thank you that they are gifts of you. And while we release those gifts to you, that their next stage of your journey would be blessed by you, would be provided by you, that there would never be a day when you're not there when they don't have the answer of what you're imparting to their life. Protect them and fill them right now. We pray that doors would fly off their hinges, Lord, as they knock on them in the name of Jesus. And we pray for those doors according to the will and purposes of God. Not distracting doors, but the doors, Lord God. And shoot them as an arrow right now. Straighten them out and fire them into the future of God's divine will and purpose. I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Fantastic. Band, if you're here, I'm just going to ask you the band to jump up. Uh, Stay standing, by the way, um, while everybody's finding their own place. I want to... Leah, stay here if that's all right. Don't disappear. Tim, stay here. Chris Janaway, where are you, Chris? Just come stand here. Simon. Simon, Simon's running off. We pray this morning. I want the leadership team to be part of this. Just this way, you're like, what's going to happen? You don't need to do anything. It's not a big honouring. It's just get ready. I, I really felt as I prayed this morning that God actually wants to pray for, put, put His Holy Spirit on them and send them out just as a, an act of prayer. And so the band, if I'm going to get you, just play a song that behind it so that we can, as a church, can just worship too. Because in the environment, I want, if you feel that God is touching God, I want to make a difference and I want guidance of God's Spirit to send me out. All you need to do is just come and stand here and we're going to pray. We believe in God's divine presence that's imparted onto people, that it's about not we're doing, it's what God is doing. Now, if you want that, all you need to do, it's not a big show, it's not why everybody's watching, we just want to pray for you. So leadership, I want you to come and impart something in the Spirit of God. Rachel, if you get your prayer team, you want to do that. But during the song singing, right, and you know God's speaking right now, and you, you go, oh, I'm not logical, I don't know what, but just come and go, just pray for me because we want to shoot you out in this. We want to make a difference, Yes.